Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, there we are. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. Uh, remind you some things, some announcements, and also to ask for your prayer card during the announcements, if you would. And I want you to uh, do something for me with your prayer cards. I want you to either put a check or an X. A check or an X. A check means you want me to share it with the congregation. X means you don't want me to share it with the congregation. Okay? That way we can respect those who, who may want to have their prayer private and at the same time respect those who'd like to have the whole congregation uh, pray for them. So if you'll just do that with your prayer cards, uh, a check or an X, and I don't know what to do. Okay, announcements. Kids, remember, handbells will not meet tonight. Will not meet tonight. Miss Jessica's out of town. <clears throat> the regular other programs will meet on, reg on their regular schedule. Remember that next Sunday, October 21st, is Pink Sunday. And that's where we want you to wear pink to, to support Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And then the following Sunday, October 28th, is the annual Halloween Carnival and Trunk or Treat. I can't hardly wait for that. Uh, st started inside at the Family Life Center at 5. There'll be games and activities, hot dog dinner. Then we'll move outside for a hayride and other things, decorate your trunk, bring lots of treats. And if you'd like to donate candy or small prizes, please drop them off to June in the church office sometime between now and Sunday, October 28th. This Sunday is Good Samaritan Sunday. So a reminder, if you drop an extra dollar in the plate, it'll go to help us, uh, help those who need help in our community. Good Samaritan Sunday is today. The, as part of the parable of the talents challenge, which most of you know about, uh, Sarah Catherine Lee has been making homemade crafts. She will have these crafts for sale after the, this service and the 11 o'clock service on Sunday, October the 21st. So this gives you time to think about it, October 21st. They will include grapevine wreaths, wind chimes, candles, sparkle pottery ornaments, and all these are handmade, and the proceeds will be donated to the church. So Sarah Catherine Lee has been hard at work as part of the Parable of Talents Challenge, and I wanted you to know about that this Sunday. That will occur next Sunday. One of the great pleasures that I always have is to receive new members, and Donald and Marion Beach, have I got that right? Good. <laughs> Come up and stand up here. They are transferring to us from another congregation from a different denomination and turn around so they can see y'all. Most of you already know them and they have been attending here fairly regularly for a while, but they wanted to make it official and we took care of all the, the bureaucracy and paperwork that goes along with transferring from another denomination. And we're happy to welcome you to this congregation and hope that you will welcome them also. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And for those who attend uh, who, uh, at 11 o'clock, we will also be receiving um, Samantha Ashford, who also transfers to us from another congregation, from another denomination. So we're happy about that. Okay. 
I think that's all the many the little announcements I have. It is. Let us begin our worship together as we stand and sing our songs to the Lord. Well 
grateful. We're so thankful to you for all the wonderful things that you have done for us. Lord, help us now just to come and open our hearts up to you, Lord, just to lay it all down and focus solely on you as we just prepare for worship this morning. Lord, we lift you up and we praise your name. We give glory to you, Lord. Thank you so much for being a part of our lives. In your name I pray. Amen. This is my desire to honor you, Lord, with all my heart, I worship you.
children will come up and join us on the carpet and greet your neighbor. Turn and greet your neighbor and tell them good morning. Good morning. Thank you, Caroline. <laughs> All right, it's the month of October, and this is a month that you guys usually enjoy because there's something very special that happens in this month. Lauren, what is it? Halloween. You get to dress up. No way. All right, so I've got to sh going to show you something that you see every Halloween. What is this? Candy corn. Candy corn. You got this at your house, so you're ahead of the game, aren't you? Well, anyway, candy corn is kind of special when you look at it. Can you tell me what it is? It has different colors. How many colors does it have? Three. Three. 
Yes, well, this bag has three colors, and that's an important number for us today. And you, I'm going to tell you why. Have you ever heard of the word Trinity? You have? We hear that here at church, don't we? We hear about the Holy Trinity. Well, if the letters T, R, and I are in front of a word, it means three, like a tricycle. How many wheels does a tricycle have? Three. Well, we learn about God at church, and as we grow older, we learn about him in three different ways, and that's what we call the Trinity. Now, when we say the Lord's Prayer, what is the first thing we say? close. Lauren? Our Father. Well, our Father is the first part of the Trinity, and that is God. And he looks out over us just like our own fathers and mothers do. So that's our first part. Now, our second part is the Son, the, Jesus the Son. Well, we needed a friend, and Jesus is our friend. He came to earth and walked on the earth, helped the disciples and helped many people, did a lot of healing. He was a friend to everyone. Okay, so we have, let's review. We have God the Father. We have the, the Son. Does anyone know what the third one is? Lauren? The Holy Spirit. And that's something that we feel inside of us. Well, God sent down the Holy Spirit to the disciples to give them power so that they can go and do the work of God. So that is the third part of God, but they're all one. Now, I, I have a little poem I'm going to share with you, and it's like, and it's about the candy corn. So when you're out at Halloween and you see this, you will remember about the Holy Trinity. And it goes, as there are three colors in the candy corn I see, there are three in the Holy Trinity. God, our loving Father, Jesus the Son, our helper and friend, and the Holy Spirit. All three are God, yet together they are one. Now after the prayer, I've made everyone a copy of this so you can color it, and everyone gets candy. So you come see me after we say our prayer this morning. Dear God, thank you for being our Father who watches over us, for being Jesus and providing us with a true friend, and for the Holy Spirit who gives us our strength in our daily lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Is there candy or something over there? <laughs> you sure got them to go all over, go over there easy.
All right, let us come now to our time of prayer. Let's bow our heads. Lord, in your mercy, hear the prayers of these thy people. Oh God, you are holy. You're enthroned upon our praises. And every time and place you hear our cries and we come this day placing our trust in you. We come singing our songs and offering our prayers and offering our witness, our hearts, our spirits. We're reminded through scripture of how you meet every need and how you provide us with the power to do whatever we need to do in any situation. You give us far more than we could ever ask or deserve. And yet we must confess, O oh Lord, that we're led astray easily. We become attached to things of this earth. We put our trust in them and, and then we're disappointed when they do not satisfy. O oh Lord, for this and so many other things that we do that are not pleasing in your, in your sight, O oh God, forgive us. Forgive us, O oh Lord. And help us to grasp again this day freshly anew those things that are heavenly and to grasp for those things that are not of this earth but come from above. We pray this day, O oh God, for many people and many things. We pray, O oh God, for those who suffer, those who are straining upon burdens which they do not understand. We pray, O oh Lord, that you give rest to troubled minds, give release to hurting bodies, give hope to those in despair, give comfort to mourning souls, and grant us all salvation. We specifically pray this day, O oh Lord, for Sharon, who is in hospice for leukemia, for Justin's dad, who had heart surgery, for Caroline's mom, who's in the hospital. We pray this day, O oh God, for sons to draw closer to you and make good decisions. We pray, O oh God, for someone who is seeking a job. We pray, O oh God, for that your work in a marriage. We pray, O oh God, for Tom, who is undergoing radiation treatment. We pray, O oh God, for healing for Jane. We pray, O oh God, for the good health checkup that Chris received. And we pray, O oh God, for our friend Judy as she waits for her surgery. We pray, O oh God, these and all prayers. We pray, O oh Lord, these and all prayers and lift them up to you, O oh God, including the prayers of our hearts now. Knowing that all things are possible with you, O oh God, in confidence we ask you these things and we pray as Jesus taught us to pray with one voice. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Well, today I'm looking at Esther. How many of you have ever read the book of Esther? Oh, good, 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 good. Lots of times I ask that question and people go, Esther? <laughs> Wasn't she a character on a certain, certain TV show? Not that, nope. I want to actually read to you a couple of verses in chapter um, 2 first. Chapter 2, verse 8. When the king's order and edict had been proclaimed, many girls were brought to the citadel of Susa and put her in the care of Hegel. Esther also was taken into the king's palace and entrusted to Hegel, who had charge of the harem. The girl pleased him and won his favor, and immediately he provided her with her beauty treatments and her special food. And he signed to her seven maids selected from the king's palace and moved her and her maids into the best place in the harem. Esther had not revealed her nationality and family background because Mordecai had forbidden her to do so. Her background was Jewish. All right, now to the reading that's probably on the screens. When Esther, this is from chapter 4, verse 12. When Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back this answer. Do not think that because you're in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. And this is really the key verse. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to this royal position for such a time as this that you have come to this position for such a time as this. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Oh Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the changes of the seasons as we begin to see your paintbrush upon the trees and the leaves. And we're reminded, oh Lord, of life and death and life again, something that you've created and you sustain and that you renew. And Lord, sometimes we look around and we see all this and we wonder, we are so insignificant. What do we have the power to do? Help us to see that we can make a difference. We pray in your name. Amen. Well, if the readers of the scripture in the 21st century, that's us, sometimes we're not quite sure what to do with, with Esther. Uh, we wonder, uh, you know, because we look at it from our lens, we wonder why she allows herself to be taken in. We wonder why she's reluctant to stand up for her rights as a woman and, and, and a human being. And we, it seems at first that she doesn't even seem to care about her own people who are about to suffer. And at first glance, uh, it may be that we are very critical of Esther. In fact, that you may have known of others that you've seen in life, through your life, dealings that remind you of Esther. You, you yourself may have been like Esther. 
And yet, in the end, she turns out to be the hero, the heroine of this book of the Bible. And she single-handedly, through her actions, saves an entire people from certain annihilation. And her story is recorded for us, is recorded throughout the ages, preserved forever as part of the Holy Canon, the Holy Bible, as part of the Old Testament. So maybe Esther needs another look. Maybe there's something we can learn from Esther. Well, let me say that I think the first thing we can learn from Esther is that down deep inside of her is a courageous person. Her courage is what in the end comes out. And that we might hold her up, her courage especially, we might hold up to all people everywhere who might feel trapped, who might feel trapped in, in, and appear to be in a desperate situation. You see, in every situation, God is present to us. Helen Pearson wrote a book in 1992 titled, Do What You Have the Power to Do. Do what you have the power to do. In her book, Peterson recounts the stories of countless, seemingly powerless people caught in hopeless situations. And nonetheless, these folks found within them something that could make a difference. They were able to find within them the power to make a difference in this situation. And there's many examples beyond Esther in the Scriptures. In Luke 7:36, there we read about that woman who comes and anoints Jesus with this perfume. And the story might seem, again, odd to us, but you see, she had no standing in society. In fact, the Scripture describes her as being an immoral woman. But she anointed Jesus, and anointing Jesus the way she did was not only an act of kindness and beauty towards our Lord, unlike any other He received while He walked among us, but it was a powerful, courageous act of defiance to the authorities that opposed Jesus at the time. She, in a, in a sense, was doing what's reserved for kings. She anointed Him. And that was a courageous act. She did what she had the power to do. I think about the, uh, um, Bathsheba. Bathsheba was the betrayed wife of the brave soldier Uriah. She became the sexual plaything of King David. And nevertheless, she uses the office in which she never sought, Queen Mother, to assure the succession of her son, who was very bright, intelligent young man, Solomon, to the throne of ancient Israel. If you know your Bible, you know he became the greatest king Israel ever had. She did what she had to, the power to do in what seemed to be a hopeless situation. There are many who've done this down through the ages. Their simple actions have changed the course of events. I, I thought about the French pre, peasant girl named Joan. At, at, at any cost, she was going to deliver a message from God to her king. Today we know her as Joan of Arc because of her courage to maintain her integrity in the face of death. You remember she was burned at the stake. She was later recognized by the church as a saint because she took the power she had to do something. She did what she had the power to do. 
in our time, in, in, our, in our history, our recent past, I thought about Rosa Parks, a little, a little woman who was exhausted after working a hard day of cleaning other people's houses. And so she sat down in the first seat she came to in the bus. And when she was asked to move to the back of the bus, she refused. And when she refused, she set off a spark that helped end awful practice of segregation in our country and ushered in civil rights for all Americans. She did what she had the power to do. My friends, you can do what you have the power to do. It, it may, whatever the situation is, it may seem that you don't have much power. It may seem that you can't make a change in a situation, but you can. You can. Mother Teresa, when she was asked how she could possibly work with all the children who were orphaned in India and who were sick, and they asked her how much money she had, she said she had two shillings, and they said they laughed at her and said, there's no way you can make a change. There's nothing you can do with two shillings. And she replied, with God and two shillings, I can do anything. She did what she had the power to do. No matter the situation, each one of us exhibit, can exhibit courage, if nothing else, in the face of adversity. Each one of us can take a situation that appears hopeless and turn it into hope for someone or even for some ourselves. You know, I told you when I first got here that I'd tell you a little bit about me as we went along through the, through the days and the months. And so I got to thinking about people who have little power and yet were able to accomplish great things. And I couldn't help but think about a scared but determined 16-year-old mountain girl named Grace who all by herself, not with anybody, she didn't ride a train or a wagon, she walked the many, many miles from a little mountain community called Graphite. She set out at age 16 and she walked all the way down to the foot of the mountains to a little town called Glen Alpine. And she got her a job in the hosiery mill there. She had gone as far as she could in her little community of graphite. She went to the ninth grade. That's all that the school had. Her family didn't have any money to send her to a trade school or a finishing school. And college, of course, was completely out of the question. So she wanted to try to better herself anyway, and it's the only way that she knew how then take the situation that she had, and she went and did the power she had. She did what she had the power to do. She went to that hosiery mill. She worked 12-hour shifts, 12-hour shifts. She kept out only enough for room and board. She sent the rest to her family back up in the hills. While she was there, she met anybody who knows anything about hosiery mills knows that there's always one person a little step up from you. <laughs> a little step up. They might change something or they might work on the machine or something and 
she spied this tall, handsome man, and he was a little step up from her. And that man became her husband. They set out to make a living. They both did what they had the power to do. She had never received a chance to further her education. Neither had he. They both were determined to make the best of whatever they could. He worked his way from there and up. He carried water to prisoners who worked on building a dam for Duke Power. She maintained a household, did odd jobs outside the house. They had children. When, she, when he retired, he was the assistant superintendent for all of Duke Power's hydroelectric stations. When she retired, she had fostered several children, many, many grandchildren. She was determined to make sure to pass on to them the need for an education. Today she rests with the Lord and every one of her grandchildren have college degrees. Many, including myself, hold a graduate degree. She did what she had the power to do. Friends, these are but a few examples of people who did what they had the power to do in the face of great odds and in seemingly insurmountable and hopeless situations. To many, these people may seem insignificant, but they're examples of ordinary people, the salt of the earth, the rock that all of our values and our love of our own great nation come, these ordinary people using the power they had to make a difference. What is this, what is within your power to do? What are you doing to make a difference? What are you not doing that you have the power to do? Even the most hopeless situation is an opportunity to do something. And finally, I think about one other person, a person who was arrested, taken to the house of the religious authority, put in a pit. If you read Psalm 88 and if you go to Israel, you can visit the pit that our Lord was held in overnight while he was awaiting transport to Pontius Pilate. There in that pit was the Son of God, one who could have called down the power of heaven, and yet he chose to remain powerless to break the power of sin and death in our lives. He did what he had the power to do by not using his power. And by not using his power, he won for us a wonderful salvation. May we learn that our circumstances and our situations are really not what's important. It's really not important what circumstance or situation we find ourselves in. What is important is our willingness to believe that we can make a difference. Our willingness to believe that with two shillings in God, we can do anything. In other words, with what we have and God we can make a difference. What is important is to know that God has given to us, each one of us, 
all that we would ever need to do whatever we need to do in every situation. So let us endeavor this day to strive to do what we have the power to do. To turn every situation from hopeless to hopeful. I offer you these words of encouragement in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's stand as we respond to the Word of God with our affirmation. We are not alone. We live in God's world. We believe in God who has created and is creating, who has come in Jesus, the Word made flesh, to reconcile and make new, who works in us and others by the Spirit. We trust in God. We're called to be the church, to celebrate God's presence, to love and serve others, to seek justice and resist evil, to proclaim Jesus crucified and risen, our judge and our hope, in life, in death, in life beyond death, God is with us. We are not alone. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let our ushers come forward and receive our offerings and our tithes. Not 
because of who I am, but because of what you've done, not because of what I've done, but because of who you are. I am a flower quickly fading, here today and gone tomorrow, away tossed in the ocean vapor in the wind still you hear me when I'm calling Lord you catch me when I'm falling and you've told me who I am I am a flower quickly fading here today and gone tomorrow Tossed in the oceans, vapor in the wind. Still, you hear me when I'm calling. Lord, you catch me when I'm falling, and you told me who I stand and sing together. <coughs> Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship his holy name. Sing like never before, oh my soul. I'll worship your holy name. The sun comes up, it's a new day dawning. It's time to sing your song again. Whatever may pass and whatever before me let me be singing when the evening comes bless the Lord oh my soul oh my soul worship his holy name sing like
Christ and the love of God and the communion and fellowship of the Holy Spirit. May they be yours this day and each day. Amen. to shine like the sun. 